Why, hello there. I'm Dave Rubin, and this is the Rubin Report Direct Message for March 10th, 2021. And I want to welcome you to the show, whether you've been canceled or you haven't been canceled or you're about to be canceled, you're welcome here on the Rubin Re- <laughs> on the Rubin Report. On the Rubin Report. Before we get to it, guys, wait, I need a little something to drink, man. I do a lot of talking throughout the day. Uh, Before we get to it, guys, uh, click that subscribe button and that notification bell to make sure that you have a chance to see in our videos. And we are doing something very rare today. I think this actually might be a first. This might actually be a first. As you know, I like to do three stories because I don't want to overload you. Sometimes I say we'll do four stories today. Uh, But today, we're gonna do five stories. We're actually doing five stories. We're gonna talk about this absolutely ridiculous apology that one of the band members of Mumford and Sons issued yesterday because he read this very scary book from my friend Andy No. And as you know, Andy No is a very, very dangerous, scary guy. So we're gonna talk about that. Then we're gonna talk about this uh, giant evil corporation. You might've heard of them. You might even watch some of their movies, have some of their products, the Disney Corporation, they're up to no good. Oh, and then uh, story number three, Columbia University, which was once a place that was highly esteemed and a place of higher education and a place that was thought of as like one of the primo places to go to really learn something in the world. Well, they're having segregated graduations. So we're gonna uh, break down those segregated graduations. And then the fourth story today is this Fauci guy, you know, the infallible Fauci. Uh, he's kind of admitting they don't have science anymore and they've sort of lost the thing and they're not sure what they're gonna do, but they're just gonna keep telling you what to do even though they don't know what they're doing. Oh, and five, uh, Joy Reid, she's a host on MSNBC. I hope you don't watch MSNBC, nothing good's happening over there. Uh, She's a racist. So we're gonna get to all of that, uh, but before we do, I wanna talk to you fine people about Built Bar. You know, spring is in the air and you know what that means, people. Swimsuit season is just around the corner. You might be thinking, I know, Dave, but how can I tame my sweet tooth? Well, don't fret, people. I've got just the solution for you. Built Bar is the secret to eating healthier food while also eating tastier food. Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. I can actually lose or maintain weight while indulging in a yummy treat. Healthy has never been this delicious. Built Bars taste like candy and come in 18 amazing flavors, including mint brownie and cherry barcia. You guys know that my personal favorite is the cookies and cream. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, include both nut and nut-free flavors and are soft and easy to chew. I know with restaurants finally opening up, almost here in California, it'll be tempting to indulge, but we also need to shed those additional quarantine pounds, which is why Built Bars are the perfect alternative to pie for the health-conscious guy. Each bar contains 110 to 160 calories, 16 to 20 grams of protein, three to five net carbs. You don't need the luck of the Irish or a pot of gold to buy a Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code RUBIN to get 20% off your next order. Use promo code RUBIN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And now back to me, I'm gonna sip a little water. Oh, you know, I wasn't planning on doing this, but before anything else, you know, I went into the, to the YouTube comment section there yesterday and a few of you noted that when I asked Michael yesterday about on the fly, because we were doing it on the fly, how much does a New York Times subscription cost? 
there was a little bit of confusion. I thought he was saying $8 a week, and then, you know, there's four weeks in a month, that's gonna get you to, you know, roughly 36 bucks, something like that. And then I multiplied that over the course of the year. I said it was gonna be about $400 a year. It looks like it's somewhere between 96 and $104. But I am happy to report that uh, you guys fact-checked us on this and I have no problem addressing that. You're all mathemagicians and we're very proud of you. And I can confirm that A squared plus B squared equals C squared. All right, guys, story number one. Uh, so Mumford and Sons, you know these guys. Uh, they're a band, they're playing the music. Great, you like them, you don't like them, doesn't really matter, people, people like them. Uh, well, one of the Mumford and Sons guitarists, uh, he is now leaving the band because he supported Andy No. Now, if you don't know Andy No, I think most of you know Andy No. Andy No is an actual journalist. Notice my hands were clasped when I said journalist. Usually when I say journalist, I have to go like this. Andy No is an actual journalist who I've had the pleasure of getting to know over the last couple of years. I've seen him out in the field. He has interviewed me, I've interviewed him. I found him to be curious and decent and, and demure and nice and pleasant and all this stuff. He's gotten himself into a lot of controversies because he's dared to cover Antifa honestly and uh, they don't like being covered honestly. And then this leftist media obviously doesn't like it when someone's actually doing the work that they're supposed to be doing. So in any event, uh, Andy wrote this book Unmasked, I interviewed for him for it a couple weeks ago, so you can catch that on the, uh, on the YouTube right here. And it's a very scary book. It's a scary book, okay? And you could hit someone over the head with it and hurt them. Uh, well, Winston Marshall, the guitarist from Mumford & Sons, he tweeted this. It's uh, quite fascinating. He said, congratulations, Mr. Andy No. Finally had time to read your important book, You're a Brave Man. Okay, so he read a book. A guitarist for a popular band read a book and then congratulated the author. This is a book uh, that's, you know, been published by legit people and, you know, got good names on the back. Tucker Carlson, Douglas Murray, Ayan Hirsi Ali, pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, I'm going to guess that Winston Marshall here doesn't agree with absolutely everything, perhaps that's in the book, or certainly that Andy No believes they're probably different independent people. But all he said was congrats on the book. And you're a brave man. You've tackled a difficult topic. That, that, in essence, is what he's saying. That whether you agree with Andy or not on everything, whether you agree that Antifa is a domestic terrorist organization, as I believe, if you believe, or whether you believe that's that's an overstatement, it's pretty brave to write a book like this. I think we, I think most of us would agree with that. Well, you're not going to believe this. He sends that tweet out, and then the mob does what the mob does, and the mob went after him. And then Winston Marshall, and let me be clear about this. I had no idea who Winston Marshall was before this. If I'm not mistaken, he has less than 10,000 followers, but obviously Mumford and Son is, is a big band. Uh, but he did exactly what you cannot do in the face of the mob, and that is bend the knee. You cannot apologize if you have nothing to apologize for. That does not mean you can never apologize. If you feel authentically that you've done something worthy of an apology, then give that apology. I apologize in my private life and I've apologized publicly before for things. So if it's earnest and honest, then an apology is good. I think we all know that. But because an amorphous, largely anonymous Twitter mob attacks you, you cannot apologize and we know that nothing good will come out of it. However, Winston Marshall, he did it. And here's, uh, here's his statement. 
Over the past few days, I have come to better understand the pain caused by the book I endorsed. I have offended not only a lot of people I don't know, but also those closest to me, including my bandmates, and for that I am truly sorry. As a result of my actions, I am taking time away from the band to examine my blind spots. For now, please know that I realize how my endorsements have the potential to be viewed as approvals of hateful, divisive behavior. I apologize as this was not at all my intention. Winston Marshall, you're a pussy. Uh, I get the inclination, I get it. It's not fun when people say mean things to you on Twitter. You're not gonna believe this, but not everyone loves me. And sometimes people say mean, thing, mean things to me on Twitter. You can mute them, you can block them, you can ignore them, those are, those are options. Um, but first off, what's, what's very bizarre here is he says this thing about, uh, what's, I wanna get the exact line here, uh, the, the pain caused by the book I endorsed. Now, as far as I could tell, he'd never endorsed, whatever that means, like a band member endorsing, I don't even know what that would mean, but he didn't endorse it. He said, congratulations, finally had time to read your important book, You're a Brave Man. All right, I mean, I guess that's some sort of a tacit endorsement at some level, but he's gonna step away from the band and he's offended the bandmates and the approval of hateful, divisive behavior? Have you ever heard anything come out of Andy No's mouth that is hateful or divisive? He's writing a book about the hateful and divisive people. Up is down, left is right, war is peace. You guys get it yet? This is such pathetic, it's such acquiescence. It's such, oh, I'll feed the alligator so the alligator won't get me. Well, you're, you're just nothing now. And I guess, you know, you'll just dip out for a little while and then maybe you'll come back to the band, but you'll be half a man, you'll be half a broken man. And I, I you know, just for you guys out there, just never apologize if it's not legit. Nothing that he said there. For now, please know that I realize how my endorsements have the potential to be viewed as approvals of hateful, divisive behavior. Yeah, no, that's not this. I hope you guys get it, I think you get it. But if you think, if you think that's ridiculous, like band members, bands, popular bands breaking up in essence because one of them liked a certain book that's against the hateful organizations, if you think that's stupid, well, th this is a really interesting story because this broke, so this, what I'm about to tell you actually happened back in October of 2020, but it wasn't reported on until the last couple of days because of all this stupidity with uh, Mr. Potato Head and all the Dr. Seuss books and everything else. We've got a quote here from the New York Post. Uh, Children under seven will be forbidden from watching Dumbo, Peter Pan, Swiss Family Robinson, and The Aristocrats. Settings on the app will prevent the movies from even showing up on the young viewer's profile. So what they're referring to there is uh, Disney Plus. Disney Plus, when you sign in, in essence, and I'm sure you guys have seen this on, uh, you know, on Netflix or on Hulu on some of the other ones, you know, you have your adult profile and then there's like a children's profile, right? That way, I guess if you're not with the kids, you can just log them into the kid thing and then they're gonna just get kid movies. They're not gonna, you know, see all the rest of the adult trash that's on those sites. I have no problem with that, by the way, and most people don't. What's strange about what Disney has done here is they've taken these specific movies, Dumbo, which I'm pretty sure is a kid's movie, uh, Peter Pan, Swiss Family Robinson, and the Aristocrats, they will no longer be in the kids section. Those are now gonna be for adults, which is very bizarre. But the Walt Disney Company issued a statement about this. They said, these stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation 
to create a more inclusive future together. All right, so just to be very clear here, Dumbo, Peter Pan, Swiss Family Robinson, and the Aristocrats, uh, no one has ever been hurt by these movies. No one has ever been hurt. They do not further racism, uh, or have tastes changed over the years? Has what the Overton window accepts changed over the years? Yes, is some of that okay? And is some of that progress at some level? Yes, the answer is yes to that. But if you think that these things have uh, put forth bad ideas that have really hurt people, no one, I mean, simply nobody has been hurt by these things, but they're pretending that they have and uh, well, let's show you some images from some of these things because they have the specific images that are the scary images. Here, this is from Dumbo, and I remember Dumbo watching as a kid. I thought these, so these crows apparently are racist. Now, I always thought of them as crows. I just thought they were a bunch of snarky, funny crows that hung out together and they kind of talk fast and you know that was it. But apparently, uh, the portrayal of the crows in 1941's Dumbo uh, is, is racist at some level. Uh, Peter Pan, as you can see here, now there's a, what appears to be an Indian chief smoking the peace pipe. Now, as far as I know, Indian chiefs in the past did smoke peace pipes. They might even still today, uh, but that is being criticized over its depiction of Native Americans. You might think that, well, that's interesting because he wasn't a bad guy in the movie. And you know, Peter, if I'm not mistaken, kind of liked what he was seeing there. And maybe it got people to understand Native American culture a little bit more, but you know, call me crazy, I don't know. Uh, this is Swiss Family Robinson. Uh, this was flagged for portraying the pirates as a foreign menace because you know, you don't want to offend pirates in 2021. So the best thing that you can do is get rid of movies from about 60 years ago. Unclear to me what he's doing to this woman at the moment. She doesn't look thrilled to be there. So maybe there's some legitimacy to this one. I'll give you that. And then The Aristocrats, which is one of my favorite Disney movies from 1970, it includes problematic stereotypes of Asian culture. And yes, is there a cat using chopsticks to play the piano? There is, there is. And if you think that that caused anyone to hate Asian people, you're an idiot. Um, and again, tastes change over the years. Our feelings and the way we look at art changes over the years. There are things that are happening right now in 2021 that the progressives of 2040 will end up canceling themselves. They will actually cancel themselves. If you don't think that eventually they'll come for everything else, whatever it is, if you're watching this and you grew up in the 80s or 90s and you loved Seinfeld, or you loved what, what The Simpsons, whatever it is that you loved, they will come for that too. So look, Disney is, just to be clear, because I can already hear what people are gonna say, Disney has every right to categorize their movies wherever they want. If they really felt though, that this was racist stuff, they would be getting rid of it, right? Because that's what we do, we, we get rid of things. But now they're saying only adults can make the choice to allow the kids to watch this. However, I'm fairly certain that you could go back and, and find a lot of similarly racist or whatever you wanna call it, stuff from many other Disney movies and it's all based on stereotypes and everything else. I mean, even Moana, I watch Moana with my, uh, with my niece. I mean, it's all about the, the Pacific Islands over there and, and the culture, which is actually wonderful, um, but you know, it's the, it's the French uh, islands, right? The French basically have invaded the islands. They didn't address that appropriately in the movie. I mean, somebody wanna talk about that? Like we better, you know, do something about something. Anyway, I think, I think you get my point on this one. Uh, can you tell I'm a little exasperated today by the endless stupidity? Ugh. Ah. Uh, Columbia University, guys, it was once a highly esteemed uh, place of higher learning. I used to live on the Upper West 
of New York City, so I was surrounded. I lived mostly in the West 80s, and uh, Columbia's in like the, what is it, the upper 90s, low, low, low hundreds. So there were a lot of Columbia students, and I had roommates that were, uh, I often rented, I had a second uh, apartment, and one of the ways that I was able to get by was renting that second room to, to different college students. I had, a, I had a Chinese exchange student live with me, I had all, all sorts of interesting uh, young people live with me over the years. And uh, Columbia, which again, was a place of higher learning and a respected place and thought of as really one of the best places to learn a true liberal education in America. Well, guess what they're doing, people? They're gonna have segregated graduation ceremonies. That's right, we've got a quote here from the College Fix. Columbia University is offering virtual ceremonies for Native American, LGBTQIA, Asian, Latinx, black and first generation and or low income students over the last week of April described as multicultural graduation ceremonies. Students must register by March 21st to get their multicultural graduation gift, such as stoles, tassels, and pins, and by March 31st to be listed as participants. Uh, just to break it down for you a little further. So you've got your native graduation, you've got your lavender graduation, that's the LGBTQ IA, I don't even know what the IA plus stand for. You've got Asian, you've got FLI, that's first generation and or low income. That seems mildly offensive. A lot of first generation people actually do quite well in America. That's one of the things we've got here, upward mobility. I know they're trying to destroy that. Then you've got Latinx, which no Latino person uses the phrase Latinx. It's only a bunch of woke, liberal, lefty racists pretty much. And then black graduation, because I, if I remember correctly, there was this guy, Martin Luther King Jr., and what he said was he wanted his children uh, to be judged by the color of their skin and that they should have separate graduations from the white people. Uh, that's a lesser known quote uh, that he was putting out over the years. Uh, just to be very clear, they are doing a regular graduation where everybody can be, and I get it. People are gonna say, but what's, the, what's so wrong about this? And you know what? These groups can all decide to do what they want, but this obsession with this stuff is anti-American. It actually is anti-American. It's against the melting pot. So congratulations if you're bisexual. You don't need a separate graduation. You don't, you don't. That's wonderful, you're bisexual and you graduated Columbia University. You don't need a separate graduation, just like the Asians don't need a separate graduation, the Latinx don't, the black don't, and the, uh, what was it again? The first generation and or low income people. They don't need a separate graduation either. What we are doing is whittling our different, we've whittled away so many of our actual differences because we've given so many people here freedom that we are becoming obsessed with the tiniest differences that we have. And we are staring at those differences and thinking that that is the biggest thing in the room instead of looking up and going, man, we got it good in this country. And you know, just to be clear about this, the every, liberal institution is going to be destroyed by this stuff. I, I've really come to believe that. There will be no liberal institution that will survive this. Every university will be destroyed by this. Every, um, every business that allows this in will be destroyed by it. Like it's coming for everything. And I think the only thing that you can do as a free person is get your kids out of these schools, get, certainly get them out of public schools, but get them out of a lot of these private schools too build different businesses, start hiring people who are more in line with your way of thinking because this is bad stuff. And they're, they're, cause they're gonna take those ideas. They're gonna take those ideas and they're gonna bring them into the workforce. And then at work, and then at work, you're gonna have, you know, people go to the commissary at Google 
where everyone's supposed to sit and enjoy lunch, and they give you a pretty good lunch at Google. I, I was once invited to YouTube, uh, the office is up in Northern Cali, I'm sure I'll never be invited back, but I was once invited, and they have a very extensive lunch program over there. But soon enough, what will happen, because of this, because of putting such primacy on these immutable characteristics, actually, low income, that, that's very mutable, at least in America, uh, but by putting primacy on these characteristics, then you're gonna have all of these giant companies, people, adults, that are workers at lunch are going to be saying, okay, let's have the black table, let's have the low income table, the Asian table, and the bisexual table. And then what do you do? If you got a bisexual, low income, half Asian, then I guess they'll have their own table. And it will just whittle away and destroy sort of any company's ability to do anything kinda, kinda right. And that's uh, depressing. Uh, let's talk about this uh, Fauci guy, the infallible Fauci. So look, we're now basically a year, almost to the day now, it's like two or three days away, I think, from, from the lockdowns, from two weeks to flatten the curve. And again, as I always say, we all did it, we all did it. We all went to the grocery with gloves on, with masks on, came home, washed our paper bags and all of the rest of that stuff. And then suddenly the phrase two weeks to flatten the curve and, the, and just the phrase flatten the curve and, and the idea of two weeks, all these things just disappeared. And now it's a year later and you know, we're slowly opening up and we've all kind of realized it's all just a bunch of bullshit and that the people that were you know, telling us to follow the science were kind of making it up all along the way. And our, our ridiculous Governor Gavin Newsom uh, just this morning gave a, gave a big talk and he said that now, now that we're sort of at the tail end of COVID, uh, which he's wrapping up. He's wrapping up all his lockdowns because he knows the, the recall is coming. And, and guess what, Gavin? The recall is coming and it's gonna happen and I'm absolutely thrilled that it's gonna happen and I'm gonna push it and push it and push it and I hope you go away and are banned to the, to the netherworld. Um, but he actually said now that, now that COVID is wrapping up, in effect, he said, well, now we can really work on, instead of going back to normal, we can go back to a more equitable world. So they're already, they've used the lockdowns. They have used all of this. The, the way we did the story yesterday, the way that the, the teachers union here in LA doesn't wanna go back to work and they want new curriculum, curriculum put in place and all of these things. Like we've seen just like so much of the absolute craziness. But Fauci, who has told us to wear masks and not wear masks and at times said he had to kind of lie to get us to do things and everything else. Well, he was on CNN uh, and well, just take a look and you tell me if you think Something is rotten in Stinktown. You know from the Biden administration that they say it will make its decisions based on science. What's the science behind not saying it's safe for people who have been vaccinated, receive two doses to travel? You know, that's a very good question, John. And, and the CDC is carefully heading in that direction. Uh, you know, when, we, when, when Dr. Walensky made the announcement a day or two ago, about the fact that when you have a couple of people, two or three or more people in a family setting, both of whom are vaccinated, even if it's someone from another, a friend that doesn't have to be a member of the family, that was the first in a multi-step process that they are going to be rolling out. They're being careful, understandably. They want to get science. They want to get data. And then when you don't have the data and you don't have the actual evidence, then you've got to make a judgment call. Did you catch the last part of that? When you don't have the data and you don't have the evidence, then you have to make a judgment call. So he's admitting that they don't have the data and they don't have the evidence. Well, Fauci, 
I know you get over a $400,000 uh, salary from the government. You're the highest paid person in government. And I have no doubt that you have investments in all sorts of companies that made a lot of money during this whole thing. And you became a big star and all of this stuff. Um, but maybe you owe some people who were out of jobs and whose families and lives you destroyed. Maybe you owe them an apology. I mean, they're basically telling you, we're gonna do stuff without evidence and then we'll figure it out later. This is not acceptable anymore. This is not acceptable. I, I'm not going to pay attention to you anymore. I know, I know, I'm a radical right-wing freedom extremist. I get it. But you don't deserve our attention anymore. Like, uh, we don't really have the evidence, so we're gonna figure out something and then we'll get back to the evidence thing. But I, th I thought we were following the science. Isn't that a big thing with you people? Follow the science, follow the science. Okay, uh, let's talk about the racists over at MSNBC. Uh, because I saw this clip this morning, and this is why we're doing the fifth story, because we're only doing four today. But then I saw this clip and I was like, this is just such the perfect example of, of how the anti-racists, the people who call everyone else racist, who purport to be the most anti-racist people, how it actually they're the most racist. Now I wanna preface this by saying that you should not watch MSNBC. There's nothing good happening on MSNBC. If you wanna be blue-pilled and you wanna be part of Blue Anon, then you, you should watch MSNBC. But there's nothing honest coming out of MSNBC. And it's basically just a, like a, a Democrat talking point forum, in, in essence. So Joy Reid is one of, the, uh, one of the hosts over there. She's written a lot of homophobic things in the past. Then she pretended that her email got hacked. She, she's no good. Uh, anyway, she's, uh, well, just listen to the line and, and you tell me if this strikes you as racist or not. I want you to listen to South Dakota Senator John Thune. This was his take on the minimum wage over the weekend. The minimum wage is something that is particularly uh, troubling and harmful at a time when you're trying to get people back to work. I worked for less than the minimum wage. I worked for the minimum wage. I started busing tables at a dollar an hour. I went up to two and a quarter when they moved me up in the, in the place. And then I finally made it to Cook, which was big time. That was six bucks an hour. What you're essentially telling uh, those businesses in South Dakota that I just mentioned, that you're gonna increase the amount of money that they have to pay their workers by over 50%. 50% increase. You gotta love the uh, Tim Scott standing there to provide the patina of diversity over that uh, round of words, that uh, basket full of words. What do you make of John Thune's argument? Because his $6 an hour um, would be $20 an hour now if you account for inflation, but your thoughts? Well, he's just so out of touch. Did you catch it there, guys? It's not what she's saying about John Thune and minimum wage. And by the way, I stand by everything that he said there. It was all very honest and, and real. And not every job is worth X amount of dollars just because the government says so. But that's not the point. She talks about the patina of diversity. The patina of diversity because did you catch it? Did you catch it? There was a black man standing behind him. He's a senator. He's a Republican senator. His name is Tim Scott, he's a good man, I, I like him a lot. I, if he was running for president, I'd probably vote for him without, without any qualms. Um, but what she's saying is it's a patina of diversity. Now, patina is a form of corrosion, usually on a knife or a gun, some sort of metal thing when they start getting corroded. We've all, we've all been through this. I've actually got some scissors that I use to, to clip some of our vegetables that we're soaking in vinegar right now to get rid of that corrosion. So that's a little uh, life tip for you, a little life hack for you. Um, but what she's saying is, in essence, these people, these white people, are all racists, and that guy back there, he's the patina, he's the corrosion on this thing, right? Like, he's, 
he, that it, that somehow makes it a little more palatable. The, the analogy is not even quite right. I don't think she's even using the the, the word quite right there. Um, but the point is that she's in essence saying that's the Uncle Tom, that's the sellout, and that's the black man who is the worst of all things because he doesn't think the things that I believe. Now, I think Joy Reid is an idiot, and I think she has all the wrong ideas, but it has nothing to do with her skin color. It's just that she has all the wrong ideas, and she's completely swallowed identity politics and critical race theory and gotten drunken on being, I guess, some sort of host on television or whatever it might be. Uh, but do you see how she is the type of person who will make everything about race, she will tell you she's an anti-racist, right? Of course, she's an anti-racist, but who acted as the racist there? Who's judging the senator by the color of his skin? Otherwise, why mention him there, right? There was a white guy on the other shoulder behind John Thune, wasn't there? So it's like, why did you bring up the race of one of the guys there? Because you don't like black people who think differently than you think they're allowed to think. And I know this is the crazy point of the day, but I believe that anyone is allowed to think whatever they want, regardless of their skin color, sexuality, gender, or any of those characteristics. So Joy Reid, you're not a very good person, but I, I hope that, uh, I hope that you, you heard this and maybe you'll make amends, you could issue an apology and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I've been a little dour today. I was a little more dour than usual. I, I don't know what happened there. The, the stories, you know what it is? You, you get on Twitter in the morning, you see all the craziness, we go through the stories and I was just like, oh, Disney, this one, it's just like a punch in the gut and somebody's going after my friend Andy No, and then someone gets canceled for it and then does the worst thing. I think that was the one that got me, that when you, when you still see these people with these fake apologies, I'm just like, oh, like I'm so in this fight and I see those things like the, the guy, the host of The Bachelor who issued that fake apology and it's like, man, if you guys wanna live on your knees forever, but you gotta get out of my way because we got a world to fix and I know you guys are, in it with me. Listen guys, uh, our part two of uh, my Dana Perino interview just went up on YouTube this morning, so you can check that out. And of course the uh, full interview is up at rubenreport.locals.com, absolutely ad free. And we're gonna do a little Friday panel this Friday uh, on health in a time of COVID because you know now it's coming out that there are so many studies following science that prove that Basically, the number one marker of people that were dying of COVID had something to do with being obese. It had something to do with body mass, okay? Uh, so we're gonna talk about health and little ways that you can make yourself a little healthier. Uh, we're gonna have Max Lugavere, who's been on the show, uh, Gina Florio, and we're gonna add one other panelist who we're working on at the moment. I think we're gonna do a Q&A tomorrow. What do you think? Q&A tomorrow? Okay, I got the thumbs up. Q&A tomorrow. Uh, and if you wanna play along with me throughout the day for some live chatting and some more food pictures and all sorts of good stuff related to animals and things that are less political, join me at rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, I hope you enjoy the show. I'll be back to my normal self tomorrow. I, I feel like I need to like, maybe I need to like punch somebody. You know what, we'll deal with, I'll deal with this in just a second. Okay guys, see you tomorrow. <laughs>